0: Headquartered in Coral Gables, the International Trade and Business Development Division of Enterprise Florida provides an array of programs and services to Florida manufacturers, export intermediaries, and professional services providers in conjunction with a network of trade and economic development partners around the state. Enterprise Florida can assist your business growth into the global markets with export counseling, overseas trade missions and exhibitions, Team Florida missions, special trade enhancement programs, qualified international trade leads, export Finance, the Florida International Services Network, the Florida Trade Partners Alliance, International Investment Services, the International Office Network, including Belgium, Brazil, Canada, Colombia, Germany, Israel, Japan, Mexico, South Africa, Spain, Taiwan, the United Kingdom, China, and the Czech Republic. Enterprise Florida, helping to take your business overseas. For more information, call 305-808-3660 or visit us online at www eFlorida.com
1: No name is more synonymous with success than Miami Dolphins owner H. Wayne Heisinga. Architect of three Fortune 500 companies, including AutoNation and Blockbuster, this renowned entrepreneur has brought his unique business approach to the classroom with the Heisinga School of Business at Nova Southeastern University. With a faculty of real-world leaders and a curriculum based on Heisinga's entrepreneurial ideals, the Heisinga School of Business offers the rare opportunity to learn the ropes from someone who's climbed their way to the very top. Apply now at nova.edu slash business.
2: Do you own a business? Outsourcing your accounting. Then call the accounting and tax experts at TNJ Tax Service. For over 30 years, TNJ Tax Service has been preparing taxes for South Florida companies and individuals. As enrolled agents with the Internal Revenue Service, the pros at TNJ Tax Service can represent you or your company professionally to the IRS. Have challenges with your company's bookkeeping? Then call T and J Tax Services. QuickBooks Certified. T and J Tax Services can provide training on QuickBooks for any small business. If you need monthly or quarterly bookkeeping services to handle all of your payroll and business needs, then you need to call T. t T&J Tax Service, located at Taft and Flamingo in the Pillbox Plaza. Call 954-432-1700. 954-432-1700. T&J Tax Services.
3: Seaboard Marine is an ocean transportation company that provides direct regular service between the United States and the Caribbean Basin, Central and South America. Seaboard Marine's success in the region for nearly 25 years has enabled it to expand into new markets now serving nearly 40 ports in over 20 countries. Seaboard Marine's facilities include a private terminal of nearly 70 acres at the Port of Miami. Seaboard Marine carries more cargo to and from the Port of Miami than any other carrier although this facility complies with and exceeds all governmental security mandates, it operates seven days a week, 365 days a year, a unique convenience for its customers. Seaboard Marine serves these routes from Miami, Bahamas, Grand Cayman, Colombia, Dominican Republic, Eastern Caribbean, Haiti, Jamaica, North Central America, South Central America, Venezuela, and the West Coast of South America, including
1: Peru, Chile, Bolivia. Seaboard Marine, a trade leader in the Western Hemisphere. No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Rothman. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL. Customer service is back in shipping. Fresh talk with a South Florida flavor every Thursday and Friday. Have
4: a little faith with a dashing hero like me on the case. How can we fail?
1: This is the Rich Rothman Show on 1360. Here's dashing. You have to give him
4: that. WKAT. I let you go for so long.
3: Okay, we're back, and uh, Mr. Dell tells me it's about 5:08 past the hour. Is that? Five is 5:05. 5:05 past the hour. This is Rich Rothman on 1360 WKAT, and we're uh, streaming at uh, the same thing, 1360WKAT.com, as well as theRichRothmanShow.com, and/or you can go to iTunes. And we're podcasting along with, uh, with Apple. And we know people in Phoenix are listening to us. It's exciting. Yeah, it is. Uh,
2: Arizona.
3: Arizona. We'll go into that some other time. But um, we're excited to have a couple people here now. that We're going to talk. We know energy has been our mantra now, right, Wanda, for, for months. We're, we're actually, Absolutely. And we have this since we digitized the whole thing. Starting in February, when I first listened to you folks, which was a long, month, long time ago now, many months ago, that
4: was at the, uh, the uh, Sofitel. The, the World City uh, yeah. Connections. so that us. was like four months ago? Uh, you know, I, I don't remember exactly the number, but yeah. Yeah, I was... it's
3: a long time ago. Well, from about that time, I have, re- I have said over and over again, the only thing that interests me as it relates to the, the elections is that I'm concerned with energy. And at that time, I didn't hear anyone talking about energy. I mean, the gas and oil hadn't spiked yet, you know, four months ago. But it had spiked considering a year ago and the year before that. And I said the one thing that's going to just tip the scale economically, because no one can defeat us militarily, it's just not going to happen. But people can hurt us economically. Is energy because energy, touchy feely. Energy is everything. You know, either you're going to deliver, or you can deliver. If you're the AFL CIO and you're a teamster, then your trucks are, are using eighteen hundred dollars a, a fill up, you know, for diesel fuel right now, and, and that's going to affect everybody delivering to Walmart and affect those delivering to CVS and so forth. If you're if you're a cop and uh, you work for the Fort Lauderdale Police Department, where I happen to live, and your cars cost that much more, it's more money for the city to have to come up with, it doesn't matter. It's fuel for the airlines. And we predicted, we said it's going to be a disaster. There is no way for the airlines to survive this if we don't get our act together. There's not enough cutting back that they can do. To make it work for them, if oil jumps, I mean if it jumps, you know, ten cents a gallon, eight cents a gallon, even two cents a gallon a day. Considering how many gazillion million barrels of uh, of, of fuel they have, you know, fifteen twenty thousand pounds of fuel per plane. It's a lot of fuel, you know. And there's just there's no way. And and so the ramifications of all of that, when you when you look at the big picture, pull yourself out and look at all the people who are going to be laid off. For example, in the, in the aviation industry, it's going to be mammoth by the fourth quarter.
4: That's already started, and there was an industry analyst on the other day that was talking about you will not recognize the airline industry by the end of the year. Uh, Also, it's already started to affect a lot of businesses across the country. There have been almost 1,000 trucking companies that have gone out of business since the beginning of the year. Time out.
3: That's a great answer. I just want to tell people who you are. Okay.
4: (laughs) Because we kind of jumped into that, and I was
3: prepared to do that. First of all, you were listening to the wonderful voice of Sean O'Hanlon, and Sean is the Executive Director of the American Biofuels Council, Advancing Security and Sustainability Through Collaboration and Diversification. Did I get that right? Yes, thank you. Okay. And to my right, stage left, we have Lisa Bowman, and Lisa Bowman is the CEO of the owner. Co-owner, correct. Co-owner. Yes. Co-owner of Sol Atlantic, and we're going to talk about that. And it all relates to biofuels today. Today's biofuels, and somewhere along the way, somewhere in the ether, is Steve Carpo. And uh, Steve's going to show up or not show up, but we'll, we're going to be very optimistic. He's looking for parking in, in, uh, in Coral Gables. But let's go back, and we were talking about this industry, and the point is that from my perspective, I'm going to vote for the person who really has an energy policy. That's what I'm concerned with. I don't care about race, I don't care about gender, I don't care about age. It doesn't make any difference to me. I want to know that my family going out 10 years, 15, 20 years, 30 years is going to be able to function. That, you know, for for my relatives that live in the Midwest, my son lives in Chicago right? And, and, and it was 22 degrees below zero last February, and he called me, he's a Florida kid, and he called me up and just screamed at me for suggesting that he get his master's degree in Chicago, <laughs> having come from Florida. And, uh, but he loves it now, all right? But he has, you know, it's a really nice building, and it's nicely heated, and right now it's nicely air-conditioned. But what's going to happen when it's 20 degrees below zero, and the Midwest has to heat their house to 70 degrees? Now, I live, I'm from Syracuse. I'm from upstate New York. I know what it's like to have a cold house. The house that I lived in was a 164-year-old farmhouse, it had eight bedrooms and it had ghosts and all this other stuff. It's really my, wild. My
4: mother came from upstate New York. Yeah, and, and it I gets cold. Terrible. Yes. You know, we had the fair.
3: plastic on the windows, even though you had storm windows. Hell with it. You got to have plastic. <laughs> so I know what it's like to be difference between 68 degrees, 65 degrees, and you know 72 degrees. And I don't need much more than 72 degrees in the house because you wear a sweater anyway and I feel good. But all of this means that we have a problem energy wise. Now let's go back to what you were saying that we said before that the airline industry, just one socioeconomic of the United States, one coincidentally that happens to affect South Florida dramatically. You know, Deborah Wasserman Schuler was saying that we can't risk drilling because we're going to risk the, the, uh, the uh, tourism industry, which is a 65 or $85 billion uh, tourist industry in the state of Florida. My point of view is you're going to risk if you don't have a, an energy policy that can get people here. Because no one's going to pay $2,000 for a ticket in coach class. Going back,
4: going back several years ago, the Department of Defense uh, submitted a report to Congress that said that the number one overriding factor that going forward that we needed to do to stay out of conflicts around the world was get off of oil. They said the, oil, the conflicts in the future were going to be over oil supply. Um, you know, if anybody wants to, you know, I, I'm not going to get, even get into, you know, whether we're running out or not. That, that You know what, I'll, I'll let anybody take that off Table. That's fine. What we're what the days of are of being over are cheap oil.
2: And Absolutely. We
4: have um, we're China is consuming. They're purchasing and using eight times more diesel fuel this year than they were the same time last year. This that's the fuel their economic growth, and they are buying up everything else, every commodity around the world to sustain that growth. That that is a huge. It's it's economic competition. Uh, that's where it's coming from. So we've got, you know, we've got China and India and Latin America, I mean, the emerging markets on one side. On the other side, we've got the Middle East, who really has it in for us. Right. So we're, <laughs> to
3: whom we're shifting $500 billion a year. The biggest shift of wealth in the history of the planet. $500 billion a year going to people who then take that money and, let me think, kill us. That's what they want to do. They underwrite Fucking people terrorism. who want to kill us.
2: Exactly.
3: You know, for terrorism. So, so let's go back to what you folks do. I want to get back to that, so it's relevant. I want to get Lisa into this, and and that's biofuel. Now, first of all, for the for the, for the trainables out there and they don't understand everything, biofuel is what Lisa.
2: Well, biodiesel is what we sell. Okay. Well, biodiesel is an alternative fuel. It's made from vegetable oil, animal fats. Um, the ones that we sell is actually produced here in the United States, so we're not depending on foreign countries for it. Uh, it runs in any diesel engine. Common misconception. People think that you have to do something to your diesel engine. Absolutely not. If you have a diesel truck, car, boat, generator, you can. Any of the
3: new uh, diesel engines that are out there can handle this. Yeah, what absolutely. You're
2: Actually, Sean himself has a Mercedes-Benz that's diesel. I we not going to talk it. about
3: that. <laughs> we were discussing that on Friday. I want to go to that. Which Which one do you have? I have the E320. The C, E320 the, the, the diesel, C, the
4: CBI, yeah.
3: CBI. All right. Now we're going gonna to go into that. So, but you have that's one form of biofuel. Now you represent an industry that encompasses more than just that.
4: Uh, actually, for clarification, I do. The, the American Biofuels Council does not quote unquote represent the industry. We, okay. uh, we are completely independent and impartial. We are what we call totally feedstock and fuel feed neutral, which means we don't advocate any particular fuel or crop one over the other. Okay. We, we advocate that each and every one has its place in the market and that the, the real key to success here in the transition is diversification. Uh, the, the easiest way to, to equate this to most people is think of it like a mutual fund. Right now, we have most of our money in a single stock, which is oil. Petroleum. Right. Um, the the key to the key to breaking our dependence and being able to be sustainable going forward, both uh, environmentally and economically, is to diversify that portfolio with uh, all the different fuels: biodiesel, ethanol, butanol, hydrogen, you name it, all down the line. So,
3: so you give equal uh, interest to all these people. That are out there to a degree.
4: We we do we From conduct the bio where primarily we conduct research and provide education and advisement about okay. all the Okay
3: So let let's let's talk for a second about that. Then what really concerns me that when people say, you know, first of all, I really resent when Pelosi says, well, you're not and she said this in such a parent to child manner. In transactional analysis, you have parent and child. And she was the parent and the rest of us were the children, which my mother used to do with well, my Aunt Sophie still does. And um, and she said, you're not going to drill your way out of this, young man. That's what she said in Congress.
4: You're not going to drill your way out of this. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting um, what's going on right now. You have a lot of people saying drill, drill, drill offshore. Um, I- I, we take the approach and I, and I take the approach personally and is like you do let 's look at the big picture let 's look at the whole problem from the from basically from field to wheels and from well to wheels, okay, so that means you know somewhere along the line, the oil companies have to get involved because as much as as anybody may like to displace the oil company the
3: biofuel industry right. or the
4: alternative fuels industry right. they're just not going they 're not going to go away they, they have too much money they they're, 've been around too long and they have the infrastructure bottom line. So, you know, demonizing the oil industry really doesn't do anything.
3: Well, I see. I see. I agree with that. When we played this one and I when when the uh, CEOs, you know, every now and then Congress does this to let people think they're doing something. They'll get the five major CEOs in Congress and in a House committee meeting. And then they'll drill them and make them look like hell. They'll say, oh, and you're an elephant. What are you yeah, gonna do about your this? Your approval and ratings and are yeah, lower and in the and, ours and, and, that's and that's not you're not making so much. many. But yeah. if you, but of course they're leaving out the fact that their gross profit margin is marginal, small, but very much in line with any major corporation. They just have to be dealing in billions of dollars, right. and they're now talking about how many billions they're paying in taxes already. But they're not the problem, I don't think. Not this time. This is not a supply-demand, necessarily supply-and-demand problem. That's one aspect of it. There's a lot to it. I want to go back to to the biofuels. And every time I listen to people talk, like Schultz did yesterday, and and we've had lots of people on the show uh, uh, going back for for months now, but very often when you see congressional people, nobody really talks about, you want to really do something about this? The technology is sitting there. And it's what you do, and it's what you're just talking about. The alternative fuels and, and, and biodiesel, biofuel, flex fuel. Now, when I was in the Midwest, I spent seven months in the Midwest in 2005. You know, I saw ethanol everywhere. I mean, I was in Kansas City, Missouri, and I was in St. Louis. I was driving the whole corridor, and I was going up to Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, uh, working with my friend who owned a. K-10. They've, they've
4: been using ethanol in Midwest at, they, some, at some percentage Yes, Yeah, the they're flexed
3: all over the place there. I and mean, they really yeah. have, you can pull in and fill up and pull out. You can't do that here.
4: Right. I mean, I just, I just, I just don't see it here. I, I think there's one E85 station in all of South Florida. That's
3: it's in Hallandale. It was, it was on the news the other day. There's one station in Hallandale that sells it. And, I mean, but that's not rational. I mean, uh, I, for the people who live all over the place, how are they going to get to it? Right. So it's very, very hard. I want to go back to this thing. Why don't the Congress people, and I'm going to get to you, Lisa, I promise. <laughs> why don't the Congress, why don't the congressional people talk about Ethanol more. I mean, and then there are, there are aspects of ethanol I want to talk to you about. But why don't they bring the, that's something that technology has been around since World War II. Why aren't they doing Long, that
4: longer than that? Yeah, yet. yeah. We, we um, actually when we were short on gas between World War I and World War II we were using ethanol. Then uh, Henry Ford, his first, <laughs> the Model T, when when he was when he first produced it for the first, I think, fourteen years or so, it was it was built to run on ethanol. Um, so th- these are really not new technologies. That that part of it is is been around forever. The, the, the new parts that were that are coming online that we're talking about, things like cellulosic like ethanol, which are considered second generation. That's what George F- Philippidis. George the, Philippidis. We, we get
3: him on the show all the time. Ge- and
4: Ed uh, Glab. Yeah, George. George. George is is a great individual. Terrific. He's uh, I think he's. Do you know, do you know George Lisa at yes, all? I do.
3: He's a terrific guy. He, he's into this. He's, he's into been, what you're doing.
4: He's been working in this field for almost for two decades.
3: Owns 19 patents.
4: Yeah, a really bright guy.
3: Can make a lot of money someday. And he's, he's, got, he's got a great of humor to go with it. Yeah, no, and, and two beautiful daughters, uh, who come here and, and paint and you know color for us while we're doing a show. <laughs> but but why don't why don't the why doesn't this industry get played up more? I don't understand it because it's you could turn that switch and it'll work, and I don't see us rushing to do that. And where we do rush, and I'm to now I'm gonna bifurcate the conversation. All right, I see us going down the corn route, and I see Brazil going down the sugarcane route. And George is very big on the sugarcane route, mm-hmm. and he's not big on the corn route.
4: It's, it's a matter—it's a matter of numbers. It's a matter of economics. If you look—if you look at the inputs and and what the yields are of corn compared to sugarcane, there's—it's no contest. Right. I, and I'll be the maybe
3: you should explain that to the folks out there because uh, I understand what you're talking about. Uh,
4: all right, the what, what's called net energy balance or energy right. return on energy invested for corn, it's uh, it's, it's about twenty percent energy return on energy invested. Okay. Now you know a lot of people can. Argue argue that, that number, but it's still pretty low. It's, it's you know, down in the, in the tens. All right. When you're talking about sugar, ethanol from sugarcane, it's it is a minimum of eight to one. That is an 800% return on your investment. Right. That that's unbeatable right, right. now. Right. So why aren't we, we doing it? The next generation.
3: We grow sugar here. The whole Caribbean can grow sugar. Grow- Look what it would do for the economies of these countries in the Caribbean.
4: We grow sugar from Florida to Texas. Yep. In this country, uh, the thing about it is, is the it is more profitable for the sugar growers to turn that cane into sugar, refined sugar, right now, than it would be for them to produce ethanol. That's the uh, that that is reality. That but just, at some point,
3: that's got to turn.
4: Um, they could be fueling you know, the United States, I think, the southeast region. I, I think that uh, with, I believe under NAFTA, they, they are going to allow the importation of sugar from Mexico, which is obviously cost competitive, You know, much less expensive than the U.S. sugar. Uh, and I, I think that might be some of what you see where you have U.S. sugar, as a matter of fact, um, willing to sell that cane property to the state of Florida right. to convert back. Uh, you think that will happen? You know what? That that is. I don't. I can't. I can't go in the. Up in I the have air. No you don't idea. know. I, I you don't, don't want to go online it. for that. <laughs> All
3: right. He drives a Mercedes, and we're going to talk about that later. Lisa, why did you get involved in this? When did you get involved in in, in, in the uh, biofuel that you're in?
2: Well, I actually, I think my partner Christian Miranda, who of course you couldn't be here, um, he actually approached me with the idea a couple of years ago. We I met in college, and we you know did our separate thing. He went over to Oregon to visit his cousin, and over there in the mid um the West Coast big difference you know they've they've been using biodiesel for probably about 5 years already you know you on the know, west
3: coast of on the florida? west coast
2: Oregon Washington oh, oh, the California. real west coast yeah the real the, west coast the real
3: one i see. where the exactly. sun really sets okay
2: so he was over there in Oregon and he remembered about biodiesel and he actually gave me a call what he, year is that um that was february of 06
3: oh wow that's pretty so it's pretty recent so has been so february 06 and then so then wh- wh- what was his proposition that he wanted to put a company together to produce yeah. biofuel for florida
2: i was the business major we met in college and where did you go to school University
3: of Florida. Oh, see, you know, no one gets into University of Florida anymore. That's what my kids tell me.
4: That's <laughs> a tough school to it's, get into now.
3: Uh,
2: uh, uh, you, you, you,
3: the number one graduate from Fort Lauderdale High, my son goes there. He's got one more year. He's in the magnet program. He's doing really well. This one lady, this one girl, rather, not, not a lady yet, she's young, and uh, she top, top grades, <laughs> killer SATs, gets turned down. I thought she was going to kill herself. It was so depressing. (laughs) You know, my son graduated from St. Thomas Aquinas with a really good. You know, everything was great. Great. They said, nah. (laughs) Um, no, go to FSU, which is where he (laughs) went. So all right, so UF grad. So all right, so we'll talk Gators later, but um, because I happen to like. Oh no. Indians.
2: He's a Seminole.
3: Seminole. All right. So 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 you wrote this business plan, and the plan was what? What's the mission of the company?
2: When we first started out, honestly, we weren't sure. He just said that he wanted to bring biodiesel to South Florida. Uh, well, initially, he wanted to fill up his Mercedes-Benz down here, and he looked around. He's Obviously,
3: a, you're good friends.
2: Well, <laughs> it was a the classic Mercedes. Uh, he was looking for a place to fill up, and that's when he realized that there was nothing no here. Right. So that's when he approached me with the idea to start started down here. So we did our research. You know, at the time, it was difficult because no one knew what biodiesel was. You never heard about it. No one ever spoke about it.
3: So biodiesel can come uh, – well, let me ask you a question then, because – Scientific question, guys. I'll throw it out. I'll ask my hat. The question is, what can you produce biodiesel from? What are your options?
4: Any any vegetable oil or animal fat.
3: You use, you use that, right? You're using vegetable oil?
2: Uh, well, we don't produce ourselves, but we've had... But your
3: product is produced. Yeah, our product
2: is multi-feedstock, meaning it's made out of soy, animal fats, uh, any vegetable oil. And
3: where do you get your product from? What uh, it was part? actually
2: brought in from the Midwest.
3: And how do they... You know, we don't have... You know, see, that's a problem. We don't have the ability to hook up to the piping that's used right now to ship product throughout the United States because it doesn't work the same, does it? Ethanol is different than gasoline, I, I guess.
4: Uh, there is Kinder Morgan is doing a pipeline, uh, an ethanol pipeline experiment from the port of Tampa into Orlando, and they are. Con- I think they've they've completed it, and they're going to start conducting tests. Um, the Brazilians have been doing this for a long time, so this is not rocket science. This is not tough. This they is- stayed
3: focused. They back in the 70s, they knew that the proverbial S was going to hit the fan at some point, and they just stayed right. Even when oil went cheap. And, and and like New Orleans and went bankrupt because of that because they went big for oil, uh, they stayed focused because mm-hmm. they knew well, this is like or, or, this is a charade. They, in
4: 1978, they were importing 85 percent of their oil, right. And they and that, and the second oil embargo happened, the, the second oil crisis, and and they then went, that's enough, that's it, we're done. So they they were like, we're going to find a way out of this hole, and they and they made they created one.
3: Okay, so so you're bringing your product, you you buy your product from somebody in the Midwest, right? This farm, Arthur Daniel Milden. Groups or something like that.
2: Yeah. You know, well, right. majority of the producers over I mean, there. David
3: Brinkley, I mean, they got, all I know is they got David Brinkley to do their commercials, and how the hell can they be bad if they got <laughs> David Brinkley? And, and they probably are bad for all I know. I have no idea. They're this big conglomerate that's probably getting a lot of the money from the farm bill that originally FDR meant for the individual farmers. Those days are gone. Okay, so it's another whole conversation. That she did not bring up yesterday. All right, but so you're bringing your product in, mm-hmm. and and uh, what was your what were your prognostic what were you pro- prognosticating going out two three four years in terms of uh, biofuel usage in the marketplace?
2: I mean, honestly, the sky's the limit. Um, it's we've always been cheaper than regular diesel. Right now, we're at four forty nine. Majority of diesel stations are anywhere between four seventy nine and four ninety nine. So
3: you're four forty nine, right? And where are you?
2: We are People want area. to know this because they're yeah, going to be turning the- around on the highway <laughs> right well, now. Well, if you're in the Palmetto.
3: Listen, this is, it's 525 <laughs> on the Rich Rockman Show, and you folks are on I-95, and you're on 826 and 836, and you're on I-75, and where are you located? Because you can get cheap fuel here, guys. Yeah,
2: definitely Well, If you're in the Palmetto right now, get off on Northwest 103rd Street. You're going to go west, turn left on 79th Avenue. What's the
3: address? Just so they know, because everyone's got a navigator.
2: Sure, it's 9695 Northwest 79th Avenue, Bay Number 7.
3: Bay number seven. Mm-hmm. And then, so, but the neat thing, all right, now you drive a diesel.
4: I, I do, and I get very good gu- mileage from it.
3: All right, now, now you have the 320 engine. I,
4: I do, and I, I get 38 miles per gallon on the highway. Verified.
3: Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so what does it cost? How, first of all, how many gallon tank do you have?
4: Uh, Right at 20. About 20. Yeah.
3: And what does it cost to fill up?
4: You know what? I...
3: Come on, take a I step. Mean, well, I mean, I, I get it. Over $100. dollars Uh. Mm, Twenty gallons, five dollars a gallon. Well, you are you filling up with her? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I figured you guys have an arrangement. He, he well, visits you. <laughs> well, it at least won't. he gets to the head of the line. That's what I meant. I don't mean anything else.
4: He gets to the head of the line. So, so all right, but then, but you don't go back for a whole week. Uh, actually, you don't go back for over two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, or maybe two and a half sometimes. Two weeks. Yeah.
3: Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. You see. This is interesting cuz my son is driving it. He's he's in Chicago with his brother. He's coming home tomorrow. God help me. Okay, so um, he wants to trade in his Jetta he, one he inherited from his brother. It was 4 or 5 years old and his brother kicked the hell out of it. Okay. But Jetta's coming out with a new biofuel diesel. It's it's going to be released in October. It'll it's a It's a different engine that they've had in the past.
4: Actually, it's not so much the engine. It's still the same TDI that Volkswagen has had. What has changed on are the emissions controls, Ah. Uh, the diesel particulate filter, which the uh, EPA said that had to meet the more stringent standards. Volkswagen was having a a tough time meeting those emissions, but that's based on the ultra-low sulfur diesel that we've switched to now. Uh, if, if you start running biodiesel, it, it really doesn't matter. Doesn't you matter. You drive down the emissions so far; it's it's amazing.
3: So, and that's what he wants. He said, "You know, forget this. Don't get me a Honda. Don't do this. I really want to get a, a, a fleet fuel or a flex fuel."
2: Well, we're very popular with you guys. Yeah. We that's have what, quite a few that fill up here.
3: Yeah, no, it's got to be. This is this is a great opportunity. Now, now, last Friday it was announced in in Europe. It was in the Sun, and we have it on our website. It was linked. Mercedes said in about seven years. They're out of gasoline engines. 20, they're not, they're not going to do it anymore. 2015. They're just not going to do it.
4: Yeah, I, I uh, posted that that same article on our website. I look at the fact, car and said, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Big yeah, and hip, and you know,
3: yeah. depending on which one you're looking at. And they're going to go into biodiesel, flex fuels, and electric.
4: The uh, the Mercedes dealership uh, told me that for this coming model year, that they're gonna, there's going to be a diesel option for every model. Well, that's funny you should say that, because I I, I
3: drive a, a CLK 500, Talk about <laughs> the sucking sound of gasoline. We have two minutes for a break. So and but but I was going to get rid of it. You know, I own the car. It's my car. I don't, I don't lease it. And um and I decided and I told my buddies at the Mercedes dealership before, Portland. I said, no 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 no. You're coming out with a new little SUV diesel. They're coming out with a. My, my wife had an ML 350. Yeah. It was huge and got horrible gas mileage. Right. Oh, the worst. So she traded in for a new C. Now she's mad at me because I made her get a C350. Wrong. She should have gotten the C300 because it uses flex fuel.
4: Are, are you talking about the GL series?
3: No. Yes, the GL, the new one that's coming yeah, out. Yeah, they say the diesel's like a rocket.
4: <laughs> that's what,
3: yeah, that's what my, my, my service and my, my advisor there, and the, and the guy who runs the place, is a friend of mine. We have like nine cars there. And, um, but he, they said this is going to be one killer car. It can be two wheel or four wheel uh, drive, mm-hmm. um, and it's going to get like 38, 39 miles to the gallon. Uh, and, and I like I like I don't like I'm an SUV guy I'm not really big on SUV I like I like little cars like Corvettes and sports cars, but but this thing you have the diesel yeah this is the way to go the torque they said is incredible on it, this it, car
4: it, it is it um, <laughs> it's absolutely amazing the torque in mine is like 375 foot-pounds of torque it and, just flies and, 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 it's, it? and it's 200 horsepower a little over 200 horsepower. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you when we come back from the break about uh, the, how I grew up and in, in the, in the environment I grew up in.
3: Okay, I want to do that, and then we're going to get back to you. I want to talk about how your business has grown, because I'll bet you're the, the most popular person on the west side of town right now.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we've def- this we, definitely picked you up. you have
3: parking problems at your place? We
2: do. Our neighbors aren't very fond of us, but. <laughs> tell you. It's like,
3: if she's got flex fuel. No one's got flex fuel. This lady's got flex fuel. We're going to come right back and tell you where to get this flex fuel on 1360 WKAT. You'll you will see on the other side.
0: like to improve and advance your business career and gain insight into developing top leadership qualities, then you need to register for the Skills for Effective Management program at Florida International University. This two-day program, which runs July 14th through July 15th, teaches leaders and prospective leaders how to foster a collaborative team-based business. It will help you develop effective skills and strategies that are essential for personal and organizational success. You will gain essential management communication skills, creative problem-solving strategies, negotiation tactics to help optimize outcomes and new methods for enhancing how your employees interact, especially in a team environment. Don't miss out on this opportunity to build on your career. To enroll for FIU's Skill for Effective Management program starting July 14th, please call 305-348-4217 at Florida International University for more details or registration. Pizza Fusion, America's greenest restaurant, is now open in
1: Weston, saving the earth one pizza at a time. Pizza Fusion serves a gourmet and organic menu of pizza, focaccia sandwiches, wraps, desserts, beer, and wine. All Pizza Fusion items are served in their purest form, untainted by the artificial additives such as sweeteners, pesticides, preservatives, and hormones. Enjoy our fresh salads, breads, Dips, wraps, and pizzas, all made to order upon your request, with specialty toppings like goat cheese, Key West shrimp, wild lobster, spinach, eggplant, feta cheese, and more. It's all organic, natural, and delicious at Pizza Fusion. Come in today to Pizza Fusion at 2378 Weston Road in Weston and build your own pizza. Call 954-641-5353 for more information. Pizza Fusion in Weston. Saving the Earth, one pizza at a time! The Port of Miami is the second largest economic engine in our community, providing an annual economic base of over $16 billion and over 100,000 jobs. These are high-paying in-demand jobs, very much coveted by other cities and ports throughout the Americas. We're fortunate to have this business. And of that
3: $16 billion, international trade and cargo at the port accounts for over $13 billion per year, a significant fact, as well as a significant economic
1: impact impact for all of us. The Port of Miami, working to enhance and contribute to the economic success of our country, further reinforcing Miami and South Florida as the gateway to the Americas.
2: A new terminal that is larger than some mid-sized U.S. airports.
1: The new Miami International Airport.
2: A new 350-space ground-level short-term parking lot.
1: The new Miami International Airport.
2: The only U.S. airport with sleep pods.
1: The new Miami International Airport.
2: The international gateway to the Americas with more flights to South America than all U.S. airports combined.
1: The new Miami International Airport.
2: And coming soon, 61 new retail and food shops to add to your airport savoir faire. Come experience the new Miami International Airport and watch us move towards the future.
1: The new Miami International Airport. Where in South Florida can you
3: find a truly elegant hotel with 276 luxury guest rooms offering a newly renovated championship golf course, tennis courts, the largest hotel swimming pool in the country with private poolside cabanas, a world-class spa, and an award-winning fitness center with a restaurant that Zagat called one of the best restaurants in the country, all spread over a
1: 150-acre tropical paradise landscape. Give up? At Biltmore Carl Gables Miami, a golf and spa resort. Built in 1926, Biltmore Carl Gables
3: Miami, the golf and spa resort, is a South Florida landmark. With all the amenities to make your next getaway weekend or night away from the kids a memorable experience. Visit www.biltmorehotel.com for more information or call 1-800-747-1926 for reservations. Your next great getaway
1: weekend, or night out, awaits you at Biltmore Coral Gables, Miami, a golf and spa resort. No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Robinson. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL, customer service is back in shipping. Your news, your entertainment, your business.
4: Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while.
1: You could miss it. This is the Rich Roffman Show on 1360 WKAT.
3: Okay, we're back. Uh, right now it's approximately 5.34 in the afternoon, and we're just in the last 22 minutes of the show. We're very lucky. Stephen Carpell showed up with a couple of pizzas for us. And uh, and, and Steve, of course, is the CEO of Biomix Energy. And, and we're, talking, we're talking ethanol. Now, there was a point you were making. Finish your point. We were discussing engines and... Uh, diesels and mercedes and things like that my father worked in the car business and where for, you came from right,
4: right right well i i'm from miami originally um i i've lived and worked over most of the world um came back here a few years ago and i i love it i'm i i hated the day that my parents dragged me away kicking and screaming but at any rate um my father was in the car business uh for 20 25 years at least down here uh, at different places. Uh, he, uh, yes, here and in Central Florida and even in North Florida. So, obviously, I, I grew up, you know, with a love of cars, a car guy. A diesel engine compared to a gasoline-powered engine of equal displacement is at least, and I, I mean bottom line, 30% more efficient. Now, you start adding turbochargers and intercoolers and what's called a new thing called Pieto electric injection and, and higher pressure, and you start bumping it up to 50% more efficient than gasoline engines of equal displacement. And, that, that, you know, when you're, when you're talking about that, that is, that is a huge, huge leverage that we could be using. One of those things. The other thing is you can put almost anything in a diesel engine with the exception of gasoline. A, gas, a, a diesel engine will run on ethanol.
3: How do you start a diesel engine? Isn't it different? You used to have a, a glow thing.
4: A glow plug? They glow you know, plug, the other, right. they, <laughs> they basically still have them, and they're still, they're still compression technology.
3: So, but, but 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 I was listening to the Mercedes. They they said that it's the same as turning a key in the Mercedes.
4: Virtually, that's about that fast, unless you're in, in the middle of winter and it's cold weather.
3: Right. Okay, now, Stephen, now that you're here, I want, to get, I want to get to you, and then we're going to talk about Lisa again, because Lisa has parking problems where she has her pump because she's the only one in the area who's got that flex fuel that you want. Stephen, you got into this because you were a finance guy, if I remember.
5: Uh, yeah, that's actually how I started. Get close so to the mic. Uh, That's actually how I started my career.
3: Okay. And why did you make the switch? When did you realize, wow, this is like a moment of epiphany?
5: It was a few years ago. Uh, I was living in Europe. uh, Basically, I was on my way back to the United States. And one of the things that I had noticed while I was there is that everybody uses diesel fuel. Probably 80% of the cars in Europe are are on diesel. Now, I I came back. And I started working again in finance until um, about a year and a half ago or a little more. And I got a call from uh, a friend, basically, who is very familiar with the biofuels industry. And it was something I had been researching and looking into, something that was just a personal interest of mine. And he said, I need a chief operating officer. And I jumped on board, dropped everything I was doing and said, you know, I see that this is the future. Uh, where we're going, and I believe wholeheartedly in, in what we're doing, you know, from both an environmental perspective as well as in as an energy independent... So factor. what is Biomix? What do you guys do? We are a producer of biodiesel. Uh, that is basically... In the bottom Florida. Line. In Florida. In South Florida. In specifically, South Florida. And more specifically in Miami.
3: At what point of uh, uh, developing the company are you right now?
5: Well, right now, we are basically uh, about to... Hopefully, with, if anything goes well, within the next few weeks we should be um, breaking ground uh, to be, be, begin the construction of the plant. Uh, and where with,
3: is that going to be? What part of town are you going to be in?
5: In central Miami. Cent- be,
3: central Miami. It'll
5: be in central Miami, basically uh, right on the river. So,
3: yeah. Wow. So when they were when you proposed that, did you have to go before the uh, the county commissioners? Whatever. I've been. Or, all what a wonderful <laughs> group of people we are in South Florida. Yeah. No, I, you know, like, I, wow. Can I just walk on the wall now and take my hurt and move on?
5: Well, you know, I I gotta tell you, the the city of Miami, the county, everybody we've spoken to has been very helpful. Uh, they've been very gung ho about the project, very excited about what we're what we're embarking on here, and actually, you know it's it's been a, actually a very pleasant experience pleasant okay
3: experience. so let me ask you so here you're going to build a, you're going to put a plant up so everyone's going to say to you, like, all right, what does that mean? What do, you, what do you? What's your plant like? What do you do to make this stuff come out? It goes in here, raw product, and it comes out there, finished product for Lisa, who's going to buy a lot of your product one of these days. Well,
5: more or less. Yeah. <laughs> what,
3: what is it? What do you have to do to do your product? And we'll, well discuss the product in a second. Sure.
5: Basically, the, the process of making biodiesel is basically a methyl esterification, which in simpler terms means that you mix it with a uh, a chemical reactive and a, um, a such as methanol or ethanol and basically through that chemical process it creates the biodiesel. Uh, it the, the process is done all through, It's it, nowadays it's not the way it used to be. It used to be a batch processing where you mix it in one end and then you take it out and then you mix it with something else and you know uh, now the technology is significantly more advanced the it's patients. seamless now pretty much it's seamless you pour it in one end and kind of like you were know. just saying it comes okay. out on the other end
3: and what do you and what do you use now Lisa said she's used uh, canola oil I mean she's right. used uh, fatty oils right, right? right so which I could which been been could also be products that are that are you know that restaurants get rid of I guess would be right. an area for that right. so this is good recyclable and uh, industries
5: right Industry. well and that's that's part of the the whole idea you know and, within the biofuels industry as a whole, is to use renewable and sustainable fuels. Uh, Definitely we can, you know, we are definitely going to be using waste vegetable oil from restaurants, et cetera, or or higher, uh, you know, What else could you use? We're going to also be using palm oil and jatropha, and jatropha is- That's the the nut? That's the, the, the fruit. It's a fruit, actually. It's a fruit. Right. Is it poison? Is it? I'm trying to remember it's, the speech.
3: It's you toxic.
5: Gave.
3: It's, it's toxic. Correct. It's like the Indians would eat it hundreds of years ago and and kill de Leons guys. Or something. <laughs> you know. that, that part I don't. Know.
5: <laughs> I claimed this place
3: for Spain, right. and the Indians would say, "Give him a nut. Here, here. Eat this. Fruit. Eat this. No, eat not. this. Take it home."
5: Right. Uh, and then they drop dead. Right. I, you know, that part of the history I don't know. I I do know that it is a plant that's indigenous of uh, Central America in particular. Uh, it is a toxic plant, which Basically, the advantage that we have there is it's not going to compete with food sources such as canola, corn, soy, etc. Right. So So that, that's the main focus, and, you know, it's why there's a lot uh, of talk about vitrofa as well. Plus, it grows fast. You
4: said it's very hardy.
3: It and grows almost hardy. anywhere.
5: It will grow virtually anywhere.
4: It's, very, it's drought tolerant, among other things. Right. It's uh, drought tolerant. So the Southwest could grow it. The, they're, they're looking at it right now because one of the funny enough, one of the things that it doesn't like is cold. Uh, when it, when it, yeah, when it gets yeah. down when it starts getting right. down below forty degrees, it starts to drop its leaves. So they, you know, but the, instead the, of my relatives, <laughs>
3: <laughs> lived up in New York, under seventy in degrees, your, your son had a tropism and they disappeared.
5: In your son in Chicago, yeah, in I Chicago.
4: <laughs> Just getting used to it. But but the good part is it's 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 the next step in the process. You know we're 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 starting to we're starting to transition from using food based crops to non food based crops with and and you know quite frankly plants that have higher yields. So they start to make more economic sense.
3: Can the corn guys switch to, to another product so they don't have to lose their whole investment their they, capital they, investment? They,
4: they can and should. And I warned them of it last year.
3: What about you? Had, you your eyes opened up when I said
5: that. I, I'll I'll tell you what it is. Being a producer. Uh, I I can tell you what it comes down to a lot of times is logistics. Uh, I'll give you my personal take on this in this industry as a whole. I think that we're going to be moving into, well, let's call them microeconomies. I think that's something that's uh, been talked about from a a macroeconomic standpoint as well. Obviously, it's a microeconomic standpoint. We're going to be moving into uh, the United States as a whole, where we are basically going to have areas that are more or less self-sustainable, okay? Uh, part of the problem, yeah, I would agree. Which I think that the smart move would to be diversify into other types of feedstocks and raw materials, different types of oils. The problem is, is logistics. Okay, it is very expensive to transport these uh, these fuels or these raw materials. Let's say to the Midwest or whatever the case may be. Uh-huh. Palm oil, which would most likely come from Central or South America, you have to bring it on a boat, and put it on a train, and then, you know, right. it's, it's a long process. Uh, I think that more than likely what will happen is, is as I was saying, is we have these microeconomies where they will basically sustain that area with what's available to them in that area, and we will sustain ourselves in this area with what is available to us cheaply in this area. Uh, and I think that that's that, a big that, way. That's it. actually that's
4: actually an excellent model. And what you what you would have is we would have the South Southeast region actually being able to produce much more of our own of our own needs, our own consumables. Uh, and, and it's not just the fuels themselves. There are there are many byproducts that come out of the different um, different plants that are used. Um, so we can we basically call it a biorefinery, where you have where you have basically. Um, you know added value products that come down the line not just fuel such as replacement for plastics can be used from plant can be uh, extracted from plant material could your plant do that
5: uh well one of our main byproducts for at least for for us will be glycerin which can be used in several thousand different products right from everything from cosmetics to pharmaceuticals to plastics industry. so you'll be
3: knocking that out every day
5: uh, there'll be there'll be definitely some glycerin, uh, uh, actually a decent amount of glycerin. Let's ask be you a question:
3: good. How long does it take to build your plant? Uh,
5: nine to ten months. Wow. Right. Nine to ten months.
3: Nine to ten months. So in a year and a half from you're up and running. I'd say twelve months. Twelve months from now, you're going to be sending product out. Right. At least by the by it. the
5: end of the nec- by the end of next summer, we are expecting to be in production.
3: Okay, so. For the folks that are investing in you, whether they're banks or VCs or whatever, right. um, are you out there getting contracts now? I mean, you have to prove the market, but the market's there. Oh, the market's I mean, absolutely. It, I would there, hope that's you know, a moot sorry. point for a guy who wants to put money in your company.
5: It, it, to be honest with you, it's it's funny when you go to the. <laughs> it's funny when you go to talk to guys uh, about looking for money, and obviously I've done it seven
3: times things. in my life, yeah. for seven, seven different years. companies. Right. It's it's the most ridiculous, most debasing product of thing I've ever done in my life. When you go with somebody say, I have this idea. And they, and they go and say, i got to get a Coke. I'll be right back. <laughs> this happened to me one time. When I was putting Latin trade together, I had, I want to use the name, it, it's a VC on Brickell Avenue. That's all I'm going to say because I get sued.
5: That's uh, all right. There's plenty of them. Sorry. Right? So, I,
3: so you will know which side. I, I won't tell you whether it's on the east right. side or west side. Right. And, uh, and the guy said, um, you know, uh, what, what's, what, what are you looking for? What's the deal? And we told him. And he said, I have to get a Coke. He leaves the office, goes to get a Coke, allegedly, never came back. Wow. Never came back. That's wow. Th- I wow. sat there with my other partner, the other side of this huge conference table. That and hasn't it, happened to me yet. And it, I, just, like, <laughs> I just like, what, did he die? You know, what is the story here? Wow. So, all right, So, but you must have a lot of people out there that want your product. My God. The,
5: this is like the, the saving demand, grace. Demand there are a lot of leases out there. Yeah, demand is not a problem. Demand, you know, demand for the product is not a problem, which is, ironically... Always an issue with the VC guys and you know and the money guys. It's it's always a matter of you know well have you sold the product yet? Yeah, that's my
3: question. I said well I haven't
5: contracts. Yeah, I haven't broken ground yet. But sure, you want me to give you a contract? You know, and I can. You know, I could. I could go out to somebody say, can you give me a forward contract? Uh, You know, etc. And
3: they will. I want to ask Lisa that question. Lisa, here two three years ago, you had this idea two years ago, two thousand six. You said correct. Right, you had this idea with your friend. And you, And you opened up this company, you did this company, all right? Well, don't you pl- do you want to expand your company beyond what it is when it's really the, the industry's cooking? I mean, it seems to me that from my perspective, when I start a company uh, mine were magazine, I had seven magazines. And um, I looked for that uptick, and I don't want to be up here in the uptick. I want to be just as the market's turning. That's when I want to get in for a lot of reasons, one of which it's cheaper for someone to get in at this point. Secondly, I can, I can sell the company, and the person buying it has a good decade to play with it. So I get a good value, and they get a great value because they're looking for their exit strategy, and I got my exit strategy. But in your case, there must be a lot of leases out there that, w- that w- there must be, I would hope, a lot of people, and I bet you can answer this too, who want to get into this industry, who see the reality of this, because this is the future. I mean, particularly if a Democrat gets in, and the Democrats' whole philosophy for energy is going to be new technology versus drilling. I mean, they're really anti-drilling. I mean, listen to Harry Reid. It's like, it ain't going to happen, <laughs> you know. Harry, what do you think? Let me think. No. Okay. Well, this is an answer. So this must be a great opportunity. There must be a lot of people like Lisa who would think that your your production process would be in demand and that you representing what you represent have a really good story to tell
4: I, We get phone calls every day people looking for cheaper alternatives to what they're having to pay at the pump right now the, at the station. Uh, we get phone calls from investors looking for, for ventures um, and, and we get and I get phone calls every day from from people like Stephen who are quite frankly looking for investors.:
3: I have a good question for you. The product that comes out of your plan you can sell to Lisa yes. Lisa's an independent. Right. All right. What about, where else can you say, now you're going to sell it to industries, because industries, like trucking industries could use yours?
5: Absolutely. You know, There's numerous, numerous. Like Armalini
3: Trucking, a friend of mine, by the way. Right. Armalini <laughs> Trucking, just to tell you. Armellini Trucking used to be a member of the, the World Trade Center. I used to chair it. Um, private company. They have their own pumps. They don't go into Sunoco or someplace. Well, of course not. Unless they're on the road. And boom, they can buy product from you. Right, well, they can buy a, a contract for ten years from you, five years from you, which is what I, I guess you'd like. All right? Can you sell to other stations? Can a station? What, what do they have to do to use your product at a station? What did you have to do? You put a pump in, you put something in the ground, and you have a pump.
2: It wasn't as simple as that. I mean, it was a very long process. Mm-hmm. It took us about about a year to start up licensing. I mean, it's a lot of red tape to get through. A lot
3: of red tape to do that. So okay, so that's Lisa Bowman. And that's Steve Carpel, and that's Sean O'Hanlon. And we're talking ethanol, for those of you who really want to understand what we're talking about. And Steve produces, Lisa sells it, and you represent the whole concept of the, of the, of the correct me on this, of the biofuels industry.
4: Uh, of, uh, basically, our approach is, is, is a total quality management, if you will, of, of, from field to wheels.
3: From field to wheels.
4: So, are you involved? You guys work together at all, or we we, we talk
5: become, we become friends. Yeah, yeah we okay. become good friends. So, and we where talk, else can you where talk can quite you, Where can
3: you sell stuff. your product? You can't go to to an Exxon. Well, they're pulling on anyway. you was a bad example. You can't go to BP. Or could you go to BP?
5: Probably not.
3: Because they'll want to do the same thing.
5: Probably not. And they, they'll
3: shift someday and do that. They probably are doing. Actually, that.
5: BP's already has plans to do that. that BP's one of their, their models. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. That's all right. Over. No. Yeah. BP is actually one of the few of the very big petroleum companies it. that are very much into
3: yeah, it. Yeah, because the
4: commercial stated. I always thought they were lying, by the way.
3: It's like, no, no, right,
5: they, really yeah,
4: they really no, are. So they're doing they're, it. They're investing heavily, yeah. BP's number one and Shell's number two. Right. R- really? Shell. Oh, yeah. And
3: Shell gets a lot of oil from the East. They are
4: looking I was told never are, buy a Shell because they get a lot of East. They are beers, looking so to get stick out. Stick with Hess. Yeah. They, <laughs> they are looking to get out in a big way, and they're looking at algae technology.
3: Al, no, I. Did you guys mention that too? Yes, that we okay. could grow this this stuff, this ugly stuff, all over the place, and get energy from it. That years. was a day. Twenty-four-seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, give, give me a thirty-second energy technology. Somebody do it.
4: Uh, it only requires three things: for algae, uh, sunlight, CO two, and water. Basically, you Whoa. need an area. That's Are we on it. the right planet for that, or what? We're in the right. If South Florida is perfectly positioned to take the lead. Really so, are. Steve, so guys like you
3: and people like you and, 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 and retailers like you really are going for the new economy. What we're looking for, if you look at the headlines today, which, of course, I didn't get to them, so now I've got to hold it for tomorrow, which is going to be old news. I hate when that happens. <laughs> but the point is that you guys are new technology, so old technology will falter in Florida, and it is. What we relied upon before is going to shift a little bit. I mean, we are not doing well uh, tax base wise we've, we've really taken a big hit. But going out looking into the future, we have good opportunities in Florida if we, if we can embrace them. We have, we have uh, entrepreneurs like Lisa who are producing uh, the retail side that people can get out and buy the product, which they're going to desperately need, particularly with all these diesels coming out. You just said Mercedes is going to have a diesel for almost every, every monoline. The,
4: the, the yeah. entire industry of renewables, uh, Rich, between biofuels, solar, wind, uh, hydroelectric, geothermal, on down the line, that's going to be – the, the new growth in economy, that, that's going to be what, what jumpstarts our economy next time. So it
3: would, be, it would seem to me, if I were writing the business plan, that not only am I going to have a plant, but I'm going to have a series of plants because I'm in the right place to have these plants. I mean, that's what would work for me. Which I, you can make money with one. You can make a hell of a lot more money because this is a huge state. I mean, it's a day to get out of the state. That's one thing I hate about driving out of Florida. It's like a whole day lost just to get out of the Florida. You drive for eight hours, and you're still in the bloody state. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? True. Like, I'm going to visit my son at FSU. Six and a half
5: hours later, it's like, Jesus Christ, I see one more of these trees. That's why Florida is the number three consumer of combustible fuels in the entire country.
4: Transportation fuel, yeah. So yeah. when
5: do you break ground? Uh, hopefully within the next... Within the next month or six weeks or so, if everything goes well.
3: Uh, do you do you, you want to? But month. do you want to divert? You want to go into other parts of the state? Do you think it would well, make
5: sense? It would make sense. Uh, I just say that it would make a lot of sense.
3: Okay. Obviously. Lisa, what are your plans? Are you gonna you're gonna move. Up, you're going right now. Where are you again? You're off of 826 and where? One
2: hundred third Street.
3: One hundred and third.
2: West of the Palmetto.
3: West of the Palmetto, and you're gonna see it. Look for the big. Line of cars, <laughs> flex fuel cars, or your biofuel that can use that, and 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 you're gonna and you're gonna have all the uh, oh, oh yeah all right I'll get to that in a minute, all right and so you're gonna be expanding and you're gonna want to have more,
2: yeah I mean the amount of growth we've had this year has been incredible. Once what type
3: of growth do you think you've had?
2: I mean once. Basically, once diesel hit four dollars a gallon, I mean, we were busy all day long.
3: How did you market? Real quick, how did you market yourself to get the word out?
2: Uh, we've actually been very blessed with a lot of publicity, a lot of word of mouth. Once our customers start using it, they tell everyone they know, and they. Or are they don't tell to-
3: everyone they know because <laughs> they want to be able to get online. All right, quick website, Sean. How do they reach you?
4: Uh, American Biofuels with an S Council C O U N C I L dot com or dot org have both, um, and, and that's
3: that's the best way to get you.
5: Yeah.
4: Steve, how do they find you?
5: Uh, Steven Carpel, it's S-T-E-V-E-N-K-A-R-P-E-L at biomixenergy.com.
3: Biomixenergy.com. And, Lisa, where do they find you?
5: On our website,
2: Sol, S-O-L, Atlanticbiodiesel.com. And we're open seven days a week now.
3: How many employees do you have? Wow.
2: Uh, right now, we have two.
3: Talk about, all right, we've got great profits here. Ladies, let me tell you something. Lisa's got more money than all of us in here. You know, Wanda wants a job. We work very hard. Wanda wants that job.
4: (laughs) Yeah, actually,
3: Lisa's buying the drinks when we're all done here. (laughs) My son's coming over. He's getting a job pumping at your place. How, How many pumps do you have for this? We
2: have one retail pump.
3: One pump? Yes. Oh, and, my and God. And two and handles two trucks, or one? And two delivery trucks, remember.
2: And two vehicles, yes. We also do fleet fueling as well as retail pumps. So you
3: then you go out, and you're looking yeah, on the retail side. You're looking to sell contracts to fleets yeah, of people? absolutely.
2: If there's a company out there that needs fuel for their vehicles, you know, we can definitely service them. Like
3: guys who'd be driving like diesel. I'm going to make this up. They don't exist, maybe. Econoline diesels. That shows I'm from the 60s, doesn't it? I really, yeah, I mean, Wanda, I just showed I'm 60 years old. That was a really dumb move. <laughs> yeah, he's an old guy. You know what I mean? Well, he's One in a vote for McCain. Um, this has been terrific. I mean, I, we could go on. We do this all the time. George Love Philippidis come comes here. You got to come back. Definitely this like is it. the most Thank important you. thing for me. If you guys would give a, get back to me, I'll give you my cards. We're going to list all your stuff on your website and our website. If you'd like to provide us with some blogs on the site to get people get involved, you'll be glad to do it all right well thanks for coming I thank my host thank you, right, and my guest rather us. thank you Wanda you've been you've been fun today we got a, we got a hot day tomorrow but we have no time to talk about it so tune in tomorrow and find out who's going to be here we're gonna have boys and girls here tomorrow all right listen and don't forget go to the dot show.com go to 1360. Oh, How the heck with that don't go go to us the Rich, that, that Chris they just turned me off at WKAT. go to the com. we're more important we'll see you tomorrow thanks a lot Rant.
1: The greatest addiction of humanity. We'll be back tomorrow for Don't more of the yourself. good. Listen to me, all of you. The bad. We are kings. We have a great life here in Alaska. The business. And we're never going back to America again. This is the Rich Rothman Show on 1360 WKAT. Well, I'm a